Life's Learning Curve, Episode 68. Hi again, everybody. This is Life's Learning Curve, the podcast. I'm tech guy and documentary producer, educator, Paul Hart. Hey, tell me a story. Podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Life's Learning Curve is a podcast all about storytelling as a vehicle to find a better us. You know, those stories that when you think about them storytelling. happening a while ago, a few years later, you say to yourself, Oh, yeah, that must be why I'm doing this or that, or that's what made me head down that particular road in life. Hey, life's pretty unpredictable. You might as well sit back and enjoy it. I'm glad you're here with us today because we've got quite a treat for you. Our guest is Tongo Productions Incorporated owner-producer Bob Tong. Now, here's a guy that values learning so much that his life took him from a passionate on-the-air broadcaster, usually in radio, to being a much sought-after producer of video and media production. Bob's life of adventure and career challenges unfolds for us today here on the show. So let's get to it. Sebastian. Here we go. Life's Learning Curve. I'm Paul Hart. Episode, a respectful close-up with guest Bob Tong. Stand by. Exactly. <laughs> well, as I said in the open, Tongo Productions Incorporated, is that right? That is correct. That's correct. Has been in broadcast and corporate communications for over 20 years. And today, as I said, we're here with the man, the man himself, Bob Tong. I know, Bob. I went to high school with him. Yes, How you doing? Said, we used to play in a band together, man. We did. <laughs> Name of the band? Loch Ness Expedition. Loch Ness Expedition. Don't ask questions, yeah, as you said was, before. that was great. I didn't come up with a name. <laughs> now, how old were, were we when that um, was happening? I don't know. Sophomores? Music was great around that time, don't you right. think? Right. No, no. We were playing like Chicago and uh, uh, Spirit. Mm -hmm. and Edgar Winter? Edgar Winter. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Give it everything you got. That's a great tune. I, oh, I love that song. Yeah. still like it. It's on my um, list. And I remember playing a show at... Um, Larson Junior mm -hmm. High, mm -hmm. where I went to school. Big stuff for back then, right? And people were throwing cookies at us. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. We were rock stars. Though. That was probably... Uh, we were on the stage under the lights. So we were rock stars. That's right, so. right, right. It was exciting because we were trying to do something, uh, speaking as if for us, but we were trying to do something different. And as I recall, our, our mutual friend, more your friend of mine, Dave Swanson, right? He was a huge fan of, of trumpet bands like Chicago. He always was working to start a band or trying to get something going. And I remember there was a band prior to this where Dave and I'm, I'm not sure, maybe you were there. Were you there? And I was playing drums. I remember, I remember doing stuff at, in Dave's mom's house. Yeah. That was a we'll call it music when you say uh, stuff. A, a, complete, a complete train wreck, if I recall. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've all, we've all been through that before yes. the train, train wreck bands. Hey, tell me a little bit about you. I'm the son of British immigrants. Uh, I have a brother and sister that were born in England. I was the first born in the United States. Mm -hmm. Deal always was I was the only one who could be president because I was born here. Yeah, that's right. And uh, so be. all my relatives were in England. So I 
grew up in the cocoon of mom and dad and brother and sister. In the Midwest. Yeah. Right here in Elgin. My mom and dad threw all their stuff in trunks, and I actually have one of the trunks in my basement. Yeah. Put it on a boat and came to the U.S., which I find incredible to have the courage to yeah, right. pack up your life and go to a different country. So what were they challenged by culturally? Not a lot. Uh, that's, that's, that's an interesting question. Funny if you said the language. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, it, but yeah definitely the language. So when, yeah. you know, when you say the language, um, when I was dating my wife, mm-hmm. she couldn't understand my mom and dad. Oh, really? They were speaking English. Yes. You know, of course, they have yeah. extreme British accents, and I grew up around that. And yeah. that she was like, what was that? Yeah. And, of course, the vernacular, the slang, and stuff like that. And like, you know, so... Yeah, the language. But my mom and dad found a, a British community in Elgin, and I grew up in that British community. So we, we talked before about high school. You and I had gone to the same high school together, and, and I have to tell you something. The, um, the few people I have had on uh, the podcast here in various episodes, they all tell a similar story at, about high school and how we all kind of socially felt like we it's not that we didn't fit in but it was like awkward every day and it was like a survival situation but yet uh, for 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 most people i could look at you every day in high school and go he's so laid back he's funny he's quiet he's really dry humor i remember the throw asides you used to say under your breath and they were really funny and topical and stuff and it would be to your friends and that was my recollection of you, just this really funny guy who, and everybody would break up laughing when you said something. Back then, nobody knew who they really were. Yeah. And we're trying to figure out what was going on, and you gravitated to people that accepted you. Yeah. So, thus the clicks. Yeah, you had a good group of friends. Oh, no, I had a great group of friends. Yeah. And I, I'm still friends with a number of them today. Yeah. They help you, yeah. they accept you and all your little... Eccentricities. And, exactly. And it was like our own Wonder Years episode that lasted uh, three years in high school. Right, just... and thank God back then it was only three years, not four, <laughs> not four, right? Well, see, I thought you were surviving it fine, and everybody else was surviving it fine. I just thought it was me who was all like bunged up. No, like, we, were like all like it. we were all like that. Did you know? Because I didn't. No, I... Uh, I no, I didn't know anybody else like that. I thought I was the only one. I thought who, I was the only one. I, thought I was the only one who was, a, who was I, crazy. <laughs> Not crazy, but yeah. you know. But but uh, I don't know what to wear. Yeah, yeah, and, and well, see, my parents being immigrants, yeah. I wasn't allowed to wear jeans to school. Okay. And everybody's wearing jeans, and I was like, you know, so I I'm like the guy that's has to wear like dress pants. So that that was a cultural thing. And I'm oh. like, because you know, I, did, I wasn't aware of that. No, you can't do yeah. that going to school. You, you know, I mean, you wear proper clothes, right? Exactly. Yeah. And back, you know, where my parents came from, yeah. they wore uniforms. Uniforms, yeah. So I was like, well, you're not wearing yeah. jeans. And I remember spending the night at a friend's house, yeah, and then going to school like on a Friday. 
wore jeans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, Where are your friends' jeans? Like, oh, yeah, I took my jeans over. I'm going to wear jeans, man. It's going to be great, right? Yeah, I'm always looking around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me wearing jeans, man. How did your parents, how did you feel they supported you? Whatever I wanted to do was cool. So, you know, uh, but the only thing they did uh, originally, you know, when the band instruments come, yeah, I wanted, yeah. To, pl- I wanted to play violin. Oh no, 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 no. Really? No, well, I don't think they could afford it at that point. And then, like the next year, then all the wind in- instruments came, and I'm like, oh, that's right, fourth grade. You know, I'd like to play cornet, yeah. trumpet. Yeah. You're like, yeah, we can do that. So that would have changed. Yeah, it would have changed a lot of things. It changed a lot of things for me musically. Mm-hmm. Well, in Loch Ness Expedition, I played trumpet. <laughs> I would have been too. I would have been playing violin, you know. Yeah. Do you think that would have merged with guitar eventually? Oh uh, no! I mean, if you listen to the stuff now, I mean, violin's great, and all the Prague stuff that I listen to, yeah. there's a lot of violin. You first started uh, your career in radio, right? Correct. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, uh, went to SIU, uh, was a program director my senior year at the college-run radio station. Sure. Graduated, <clears throat> had to find a radio gig. Uh, my first radio gig was at uh, BYG in Kankakee, mm-hmm. the Air Force. That time BYG, the Air Force. Uh, Echo? <laughs> yeah. Echo, um, Air Force, Force, Force. And there for a short time and left. I was there for like a month, maybe six weeks. And went to JKL and Elgin back when sure. it was uh, the Fox and uh, Progressive Radio Station. Worked with some guys that have, uh, went on to XRT and yeah. actually, uh, well, all over the place. And it was great. I mean, you, I worked uh, with Tom Marker, who is still doing stuff, and uh, uh, Richard Milne, who is the recently left Morning Man at, yeah. at XRT. Um, yeah. An unfortunate. I worked with him at DEK and DeKalb. Oh, my gosh. The intercourse of him was big at the time. It was growing and expanding. And To me, it wasn't about being on the radio. It was like, hey, man, did you hear this new tune? This is mm-hmm. really cool. It, and it, then, of course, yeah. getting free tickets and stuff. And sure. going to shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How did you initially clear up that uh, who are you talking to thing? Because a lot of people have a little bit of apprehension about who, who am I speaking to on the radio, or who's my audience? I mean, how did you get over that hump, and when did that happen? Well, actually, started in radio in high school, mm-hmm. the high school radio station WEPS, yeah, which was Larry Drayfall. Larry Drayfall, and I've had lunch with Larry in the past few oh, years. Nice. And I mean, uh, a few of us went and had lunch with Larry, and it was like, yeah, just you know, just telling him like you know. You did it, man. Yes. Yeah. I mean, as you as a teacher, yeah. to have a student come and tell you that, you know, hey, man, you did it, man. Whatever. Yeah. Back then, I'm sure he was young. We were young. Yeah. He, he was, like, trying to get through all this stuff and, like, you know, but yeah. just that, you know, confirmation. It, I'll tell you, it is, it uh, for me, I've heard a couple things from kids. You don't realize how you affect other people. You'll never realize until unless there's, they all show up in a large group, you know, and they tell you that. Do you have any uh, 
local radio market stories, things that happen, unique people, egos. Uh. Well, working in Elgin was, I mean, it, it was kind of an island, you know. Yeah. It was a progressive radio station and um, got to meet, you know, like Rick Derringer coming oh. in and dropping off a record, you know. Rock and roll, yeah, tr- pulling up on... Douglas Avenue with an agent and dropping off the new record. Got to interview the guys from Ministry. Actually, I was on the air one morning. Who Del Shannon? Runaway. Right. Yeah. So I'm I'm on wow. the I'm on the air one morning, and as the agent, the capital agent, calls up, he goes, "Hey, man, how's it going? I got Del Shannon on the phone." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Put him on the air. Put him through. Yeah. Right. Wow. And he had just, Tom Petty had just produced his new record, so he was on, okay. a, on a tour and stuff sure. like that. And actually, unfortunately, it was his last record, and then yeah. he ended his life. But then I was like, wow, I got That's to, a nice footnote. Right. Yeah. But, but, you know, I got to- <laughs> Mr. Captain Bring Down. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like, wow. But, I mean, that's like, you know, no. what? Del Shannon? Yeah, hell, it's a legend. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, he goes back before us, you know. Runaway. So, yeah, right. Wrote Runaway. So, so what's the instrument in the solo in that? Is that an organ? Yes, I think it is an organ. Because it's yeah. pre-synthesizer days, yeah, yeah, in the fifties. Yeah, right. So you moved from audio to video, right? I think you were audio when you worked for. Uh, oh, New Orient. Yeah, New Orient. Yeah, when it was open. What you have anything from there? Any stories from there? Or yeah. Oh no, there was what some happened gr- there. There's great stuff, actually. Good. Uh, when I got hired at New Orient, which is Emmett's. Yeah, which is Emmett's. Yeah. Where we met. Yeah, right. Um, got hired to be the audio guy because my radio career had kind of fizzled. I, I was at JKL, went to DEK and DeKalb. Yeah. That was a, that was a format change. Yeah. Suddenly, it was, it was a what year was that? Early eighties. Um, I was working there. It was kind of a progressive radio station. Sure. That was suddenly that went to like pop radio. I tried to hang on there, and people were like, "Really, you can't work here? Get that Check. And then I yeah. ended up at New Orient, that was doing back then slideshows. Yeah. And I ran their. Uh, audio room yeah and they did have a video guy and the mm-hmm. video guy left and suddenly i was the video guy well you went to school for video so you're the video guy now right there is that where it changed from audio right. to video right, right there no right there yeah you're the video guy now so sure. figure that out and figure out how to use your cameras and do the editing and all yeah. that stuff and like all right yeah. so Stop. i did yeah and it turned into a career and and thank goodness because it's been very good for you. As yeah. far as I see it, it's been very good for you. Right. Yeah. But there were other avenues in radio where I was working at a uh, a nightclub mm-hmm. in Rosemont, Bentley. So I was a club DJ and yeah. working at DEK at the same time. Yeah. And I was that close to getting hired yeah. downtown. And they went the other way. And had I got that job, that I probably... That would take me a different difference. So I you mean, wouldn't be here probably. I mean, right. what I mean is, you wouldn't be sitting no, here. No, right. Yeah. And you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be living where I'm living. Yeah, wife, same thing. Yeah, right. Everything would be different. You got to keep prodding and learning and, and learning and yeah. fi- and figuring yeah. out how 
okay, now this is what happened. Well, how do I deal with that? What was your largest like roadblock when you knew you were going to get this video gig at New Orient? Was it how fast am I going to learn this, or can I do it? Or did you have a mentor? Did you have a reference? No, there was no at that point. There was no mentors. There was it was just like you know. So were you up for like a week thinking about it? Yeah, I was trying to. Figure, well, well, I got to figure out how to use cameras. I got to figure out how to edit. <laughs> well, it's not simple stuff. No, and back then it was yeah, tape to tape. It's not like yeah. what we do now. Yeah, right. So you know, certain challenge crazy. to both. But but the, no, the, tape, the tape was a lesson in patience. Oh, no, exactly. Yeah. Believe me, my wife doesn't understand. You know, she. Yeah. Why are you so patient in what you do? And because I had to go through pre rolls. And you're not patient <laughs> at home. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so patient at work. That's why. <laughs> a lesson in patience, at least for me, for uh, back when it was tape to tape, and then you know when when I went to adding that second deck the b-roll deck right, right and putting all that together that was a whole nother thing you know because you're working with numbers and in right. and and uh, it's good to know but it's it's worthless now no back then those were necessary million dollar yeah. edit suites and now i do all that stuff on my laptop yeah yeah which is crazy i, I mean i know we're old well we've been through some things that's all but we went you know but when we grew up, I didn't have cell phones. No, no. And when I initially started working for myself, I had a pager because there were no cell phones. <laughs> so you get the page like, well, I gotta find a uh, phone. I gotta find a phone. <laughs> I better have some quarters. Hey, how you doing? What's going? On? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm available. I can do that. Yeah, right. You were the head video guy at a horse amusement park. You know, so I went out to this place that was like a horse amusement park. And I thought, initially, I thought, wow, this could be interesting. And I thought, yeah, um, could actually could. Yeah. could actually move to film because mm -hmm. some of the stuff that they were doing. Nice. And it was just a crazy train wreck. In, in what way? What happened? Well, uh, the guy that was running the place didn't really know what was going yeah. on. Of course, I don't know if it ever opened, but he opened a... Um, Open it on property where apparently some kids committed suicide. Oh no. And from his perspective, because of rock music. <laughs> okay. And I realized at that point, well, this well, is <laughs> yeah, yeah. this isn't going to work. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was I was there for I don't know. Not long. A couple months, maybe. Yeah. Well, you did the and, smart and, thing. And then I had, at that point, my brother-in-law was a lawyer, and I'm like, well, yeah. he owes me some dough. Yeah. Can you send a letter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's only I got paid. But I was like, Good. yeah. Yeah, it was, it was like, Good. yeah. The fact that you even knew I was there, that's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but it wouldn't be embarrassing if this gentleman hadn't been such a tool you know no, he no. hadn't been such no he was not nice a tyrant to people the word was out he was looking for a, a, a video guy to, right. to work his property and so he uh, it, it got back to me and then i had found out that bob tong had been out there and didn't necessarily find it to his liking and i thought well i know bob tong and 
He's not gonna. <laughs> run, he's not gonna run away from from any kind of a challenge. So something's got to be up. No, there. it was weird. Actually, yeah. I left there and went to a staff job at the railroad at at Santa Fe. So this was the beginning of the end of radio for you. You took a staff job doing video work. Yes. Uh, so I was um, working in radio. Mm-hmm. Um, kept getting fired. Mm-hmm. You know, I was working. At, I worked at JKL. It was great. They, Did they have a format change or something? Uh, they had a format change. Yeah. Um, actually, I the progressive format. I was the last one on the air. They fired me on the air. On uh, the air. On the air. Got some good news and some bad news. There was a, a jock meeting. Yeah. Um. All the DJs came out. It was like we're done. And then the owner came in and said, wow. "This is it. Don't say anything." Can't say anything on the air. So I just started rolling tape to try to get a, a demo thing going, right? So I could leave with some tape and cut a demo and try to get another gig. And at midnight, it went to uh, automation. Automation. And, you know. It was cheaper. Uh, right. No but d- it's not personal. Right. No DJs. No. Just taking away personality radio, which is what kind of we expect in the Chicago area. Right. No. I mean, the whole thing about, I mean, when I got into radio, the whole thing was about um, you mentioned earlier, you're talking, I'm talking to one person. Mm-hmm. I'm envisioning one person in their kitchen, wherever they are in their car or anything, I'm talking yeah. to one person. And that's, and the fact that I um, was not really a public person, yeah. but I could go to a room and talk, mm-hmm. like we're doing right now, right. Yeah. to one person. Mm-hmm. And that's what radio is about. I'm serious about that. Making that connection. Talking to one person. And I bet you every every on-air personality talks, they're thinking of one person at that point. You sure. Know, I'm talking to Doris making coffee or whatever. <laughs> you, you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I mentally like to think uh, that people enjoy what I'm doing, and it's the one person that does enjoy Right, what I'm doing, and therefore that I continue on, and I want to make it better, and I want to do better, but I also want to make that connection connection even better, and that's the magic of 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 radio, right? And why Chicago radio hung on to the personality thing for so long, right? And they're still trying to, for the most part. I listen to a lot of satellite radio, yeah, right, but I do right. listen to some local radio, yeah. were telling me about a project you and your wife put together during COVID, and you're you're uh, you're very humble about the work you do, which which is which is interesting. And and, and uh, tell me a little bit about that project. You know, COVID happened. Um, Needed something to do, but I you know I, I I'm still playing with mm-hmm. a couple guys. Uh, yeah. One of the guys has a studio at home. And, writes his stuff and we come and play at his place and and when COVID happened like well we can't get together so we were sending tracks back and forth so I was and I was like well why can't I do something yeah so I mean literally days upon days of nothing to do I mean work came back sure remotely I mean for me in but, stages. Right. Like, I had a lot of editing, but I wasn't shooting anything. But initially, it was like, okay, so what are we going to do? Like, oh, so I came up with this thing, and... Yeah. Right. No, didn't it start with a sampling that uh, a friend of yours sent you? Oh, no, sample? actually, actually, I saw it online, and it was oh, okay. some um, minister 
saying. Well, that's what was sampled. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you took yeah. out what you needed to take out to make it so it would. So it wasn't COVID yeah. oriented. Right. And it was great for my wife and I to yeah. create together. Yeah. So after high school, you were in a few bands. You play keyboards, correct? Uh, yeah. Okay. Now, where did that come from? Did you self-teach? Did you take piano lessons? Oh, uh, no. And how did you get into that? With well, uh, the the whole band thing started. I worked at Flipside in Huffman Estates. Yeah. And actually, the oh, guy, that's great. The guys I still create with mm-hmm. all worked at the store. My I went my wife at the store. Okay. And uh, we're like, hey, let's get a band together. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, I don't. I play trumpet. Yeah, I was in Loch Ness <laughs> expedition. Right. I play trumpet. Like, well, demo tape, we're, we're not we're not really looking for a trumpet player. <laughs> so, like, why? What? Hey, I'll be the keyboard player. Yeah. So I bought a little Casio for yeah. like I don't know, hundred bucks and stuff. Yeah. And so I taught myself how to play keyboards. And we yeah. played all the dumpy bars. Yeah. Uh, That's we, a great experience. Though. Oh no, it's amazing. Yeah. And we were killing it when we broke up. We were really, I, I'm, I hear yeah. tapes of the stuff that we did, yeah. and I'm like, that's me? If you're able to say that now, at the age you're at, it was really good. Oh, no, you, well, it, you've got a chance to step back. And no, it was really again. good. And the, and the guy I work with now is like, you know, he's got all the old tapes and stuff. Like, yeah, right. That's me? Yeah, that's you, man. Yeah. I'm like, holy smokes, man. Yeah. I was good. <laughs> well, you know, it's one of those things where we... Because I don't play as much as I did back then. Sure. I mean, I was playing, we were rehearsing two nights a week, playing weekends. I was I was playing continuously. No, I don't play that much anymore. You know, I'm British. Yeah. You're, you're never as good as you think you are because... That's the way we think. Yeah, At, I'm, I'm, I'm serious about that. I mean, the whole, all the Brits are like, you know, well, thank you, but no, it, it wasn't that good. That's interesting. And that's the way I was brought up. It, yeah. you, you are continuously humble. But you are very good at what you do um, well, with your I, job. And so well, thank you, but... If you weren't, you wouldn't be getting the gigs that you got. But you days. can always be better. Yeah, that, that's what gets me out of bed every day. Right, and yeah. like I said before, you have to learn something every day yeah absolutely and if you don't there's no place to go yeah there were some changes in video editing software no but but final cut i mean i mean that that's what i was cutting at yeah and suddenly i endorsed you for that okay fine done what oh yeah and adobe's like well, you know. Hello. We, <laughs> you know. we got this thing over here. Thank you. <laughs> that was a decision for me to, to am I going to wait this out? Am I going to switch on over? And I had just too much work. I, You know, I just probably like you, I had stuff I had to get done. I didn't have time to relearn and do some things. I mean, as far as relearning software and stuff, yeah. It, I, I remember initially when I'm cutting linear yeah tape to tape and that stuff and then my first avid job which was a non-linear software yeah it was like well you gotta learn this or you're gonna die i took a class at columbia 
I'm like, and I think I did my first um, <laughs> Avid job at. Uh, it's beautiful though when it at, came out at True Value. Okay. And the guy hired me like, oh man, I get it. Don't worry about it. You're gonna figure it out. Yeah. And so I was an Avid editor then. Sure. And when he got that spot, it looked great. Right. And suddenly I was that doing was all the this. Ad, of it. Yeah, I'm doing all this Avid stuff. Then Avid kind of waited, and it was all Final Cut. Then you have to, you have to constantly keep progressing i mean and it's just not in you have to keep learning not in just what we do mm -hmm. i mean professionally you have to keep learning every day in everything so what kind of growth have you gone through in the music that you listen to you prefer but well and let's go back to music okay yeah musically i have i'm in a different completely different place than I was three years ago. Oh, really? And the music I listen to now is so much more aggressive and so much more challenging. That's interesting. No, just because the music is more challenging. None of my friends understand what I listen to. Yeah. You know, I listen to a lot of really aggr aggressive metal music. Okay. Yeah. So, and they, they don't understand it, but... I mean, it's just part of growing. Yeah, it is. So I find this music more challenging. So that's where I'm going. Yeah. It, it could be... It's your passion for music that makes uh, this happen. Yeah, right. It, but it could be jazz. Yeah. And they would feel the same way. Yeah. Because that's not what they're into. But I, it's metal right now. So that's what I'm into. And that's... Yeah. And, well, and, and it's really stoked. It really stokes me. Good then. You, you hate for the universe. The, you hate for it to be background noise. Some people hear it as background noise. My ex-wife didn't always like music. She said, that's just noise to me. Oh, no, that's like, But that, you know, that that was her. Right, no, before me. I came here, mm -hmm. stopped home, let the dog out. Mm -hmm. Well, how am I going to get into the place where I need to be to come talk to the great Paul Hart? That's right, <laughs> that's right the great the great Paul Hart. How's it, how's it going? So I thought, <laughs> no, sir, it's a great conversation. This is very good. Yeah. So I put on some uh, loud rock music and yeah. had a beer and came over. Yeah, good. I was reading some of your online content today about your business and that type of thing. And obviously there's been changes over the years as to what we what we do. And, and you're really good. You offer a, a, a full full service pretty much to, to people that want something produced and within the last what 10 15 years the word brand has come up often and you'll say we will help you invent enhance your brand like if somebody called you uh, and said you know I'm looking to enhance my brand what might you say depending on what you want to do yeah I can help and this is not a commercial no 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 no, I, I can, you know, what I do is I'm a communicator and I can help anybody communicate whatever level. Mm -hmm. The stuff we do is just corporate stuff. Mm -hmm. We all sell propaganda, depending on what level we're at. That comes down to news because the way news has been these yeah. days. Right. So whatever propaganda you're selling, whether it's sign up for this corporate thing or look what my corporate corporation did that's what we do 
how did you build your client base? So you have some pretty big name clients and not, you don't have to name them all, but I was really impressed with the work you do. And I, I got to see your demo reel and I saw some of the work that you do also. How might someone get clients like that? The whole thing in general is building confidence and trust in life in general, mm -hmm. whether it's relationships. Yeah. I mean, my friends, I mean, I have friends that have bickered and stuff like that, but it's all about building relationships and trusting each other and just moving on. Sure. But I mean, and that's the way it is in business too. It all comes back to you have to deliver. Yeah. Well, a, a professional, you have to deliver. Bob, have you ever had a feature creep? You and I both understand the, can you tweak this? Can you do this? And how many retakes and how many re-edits? And I'm very patient with that. No, you have to be patient. If you're not patient and <laughs> yeah. what we do, you have to be extremely patient. And if you're not, and there's times I've had, you know, yeah. and gone back, oh, I'm sorry. How do you manage that? Well, so I, the endless edits. And what I'm talking about here is, is a client that might say, I need this done. I need the font change. Is that and all that's fine for the first, you know, few times. But then there are those that just keep adding one little thing until you're up to twenty, thirty different. You roll with it. You roll with it all. And that's cool. and all. you pay for it. You pay for it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and at some point, they'll say, "Well, you're out of budget." Yeah. Right. I mean, I I hate to yes I say it's the almighty dollar, but. When it comes to that stuff, you yeah. are a business, though. Right, of course. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. That's what I do. So, what do you think the biggest challenge the video production industry is facing these days? No, actually, the biggest challenge video production is facing today is. Yeah. Let me guess. Everybody does everything on their phone. That's right. Back in the day when I was like, oh, let's tweak that light, tweak that light. And it's like, that's gone now. <laughs> What do you do um, in your off time? What do you like to do? I go to the gym. Yeah. I work in my yard. Yeah. Um, I play music. Yeah. Uh, spend time with my wife and my kids. Yeah. For me, I really like to keep work over here, mm -hmm. life over here, and I've always been like that. Yeah. To the point where my work friends are my work friends, my friends' friends are my friend friends. You know. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I saw my son is about um, some of the bands he's been in. He said one of the first things he learned was, if I'm going to be in a band and play or write or whatever, um, I don't necessarily have to be friends with these people. Well, I don't know about that. Okay. What do you think? No, I think, you know, you know I only have a finite right. sample. Yeah. And those are my closest friends. Yeah. Because I went through the wars with them. I wrote songs with those people. I played bars with those. I well, play. That's, a, that's a good group of people. No, yeah, we can clear this room in like a, a song, right? Okay, yeah, right on. Right? Yeah.
Do you still play live? No, yeah, I haven't played live in years. It never goes away, though. You never oh, no, live. no. Oh, you never play. No, and I haven't jammed yeah. in years because it's all been studio stuff. Yeah. And, of course, COVID extended that where you're yeah. like, sending you tracks, you play on my thing, and, you know. My son always says, Dad, you should be in a dad band right now because there's, like, hundreds of them. No, you should. And and I think about how I would enjoy it, but to No, drummers extent, are hard to find, man. Yeah. They really are. I yeah. Uh, because they keep blowing up, man. <laughs> <laughs> they keep blowing up. Right. Uh, like in the spinal tap. Right. right up? Exactly. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm with you on that. If you could go back and talk to yourself as a ten-year-old, and uh, what would you tell yourself? Um, because as a ten-year-old, you're scared. I have no idea what's going on. Right. I have no friends, but you have friends. Mm-hmm. But, you know, everything's going to work out. If you stay true to who you are, you're going to be okay. Yeah. And that's who you are is who your parents are. Isn't that the truth? Well said. Bob, thank you for coming in today. Right. I appreciate <laughs> it. All right. Yeah. We'll see you again, all right? All right. All right. <laughs> Bob Tong has never lost his passion for music, and that is telling in itself. He continues to move and change with the times. He is youth at any age, regardless of his age. He's youth. He thinks like that. But just why has Bob been so successful in his career? Why was he able to challenge himself to learn a new massively challenging skill set and move from on-air personality to owner-producer of a professional media company? Author and successful business coach Brian Tracy once said, quote, Those people who develop the ability to continuously acquire new and better forms of knowledge that they can apply to their work and to their lives, those people, they will be the movers and the shakers in our society for the indefinite future. That's Bob Tong. Glad to have him as our guest today. For Life's Learning Curve, I'm Paul Hart. Subscribe to Life's Learning Curve at lifeslearningcurve.org and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser. Episode 68, a respectful close-up. Guest Bob Tong of Life's Learning Curve podcast was put together by producer Sebastian T. Dog, producer Paul Hart, technical director today Dave Page, editor Paul Richards, audio and sound Riley Hart, production manager Bob Swanson, studio equipment manager Don Compton. Please find us on Facebook and listen to us just about everywhere podcasts are heard. Find Tongo Productions at vimeo.com slash Tongo Productions. Closing music for today's show, A Mile from Moses by Robert and Carrie Tong. Visit our website, lifeslearningcurve.org and subscribe, read a blog, or shoot us an email. We're always glad to hear from you. This episode has imaginative voice recreations to protect the privacy of others. Some names have been changed and characters conflated. Episode 68, a respectful close-up. Guest 
Bob Tong. I'm Paul Hart, and we will be back soon with more from Life's Learning Curve.